Previously, on the bottom rack. There's an anomaly. Well, there always and, is, and isn't there? There always is. There's something down there with them. Is there at least an improvement? No. <laughs> I'm impressed, so <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, dude, that's a pretty good outlook to have. But you know what? After looking at the box art, I kind of knew, hoped I knew what I was getting into. Getting on the Get horn. On the horn. <laughs> I was trying to count, and I forgot. But I was going to count how many times he actually said, get someone on the horn. We're like a one-eyed hooker in an ass-kicking contest. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> If your resurrection lasts more than four hours, go to the emergency room. <laughs> the emphasis on erection. And now, the bottom rack, Mockbuster Summer, continues. I feel bad now. I'm not in a closet. Ah! Everybody, we got everybody else. Oh, it's connecting. It's connecting. I want to ah. know really how where she lives because I want to go talk to their telecom people and go seriously. Internet, it it's a thing now. <laughs> yeah, it, dude, I can't believe it's bad. Whenever she lives under crappier internet than we have, oh, it's here. <laughs> there she is. When it still okay. Hey guys, sorry. No, no, quite all right. It's, it's I, quite all right. I, I gotta move my uh, whole studio now <laughs> into a closet because Daniel's in there <laughs> and Angelique's in there. Now I'm gonna have to go into a closet. This, uh, this it's just spur of the moment, inspired by Angelique, <laughs> and uh, I had because this is where I recorded. Ever since I got the H6, I can use this thing. Wherever, this yeah. is one of those things, Mark, we were talking about indie films. This is what I learned from an indie filmmaker. I was like, sure. you know, how do you get the sound? Because I asked the, his name's Jason Butter in Mad One Films. Mm-hmm. I uh, went to a Greenville convention and saw a couple of his. And I was just asking him about like the audio. How do you, you know, what audio for a camera? And he was like, we use a two-point system. I was like, what's that? And he was like, that's the whole reason they use the clapper. I was like, what's that? It's the checker point the- yeah here's where <laughs> oh. you know when the audio starts and stops yeah yep. i didn't know any of that and he he sat there and gave me a crash course clinic on filmmaking but that's what he told me he's like oh yeah for this one we used a h4 i was like what he's like yes yeah, you just attached it we had a broomstick that we taped it to and held it up as the boom mic and that yep. was you know catching the audio but you can't see it and that's what inspired me and so yep. i got that and then the reverb reflections in the house. Mm-hmm. My house is horrible and it costs so much to get foam and, you know, to treat a room. And I just yeah. never thought about it. It's one of those, I'm guilty of this all the time is you can't see the forest because of the trees. Well, <laughs> this is a walk-in closet and right. this place has nothing but fabric and sound dampeners. I got a couple of sleeping bags and like quilts because of South Carolina, the back 30 of hell. So you need a quilt like <laughs> one night sure. a year. 
And the rest of the time, it just stays here in the closet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now I have just this complete treated environment in the closet. Uh, I, I think we all can attest to, and it's the one thing I always tell people. Yeah, I, I mean, I've actually made a few short films, nothing at all really to write home about, although I did do the music video for my senior project, Red Handed. Um, but uh, audio will kill you. When I'm reviewing indie, when I'm reviewing indie, they could have the shittiest graphics on screen, but if their audio is good, you've won me over Mm -hmm. because, well, you guys are music musicians and you know, audio, audio will kill your indie film quicker than any visuals you put on screen. That's what Derek always said. You know, it's a thankless job. Whenever I first met Derek talking with him about it and I was asking him about, you know, audio and film production and stuff and. You know, because that's what he like went right. professionally to school for. So I was trying to pick his brain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had told me, yeah, it's a thankless job. And that had always been my, my mindset with it, like with an, especially in indie film and stuff, is that if the movie looks horrible, that's fine. I mean, it's like a Blair Witch. I mean, if the yeah. movie looks bad, it doesn't matter. But the minute it sounds bad, they will strafe it to hell and back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Blair Witch's audio is still solid, regardless of yeah. what they're shooting. They've got solid audio. And they're shooting <laughs> they were the- using a DAT, so I mean, yeah, the audio right? is going to sound amazing. Very true. <laughs> Very true, and I didn't realize that about Ghost Adventures, too. Like, there's, right. it's like, man, they sound great, but I didn't, I didn't ever think about, that's what Aaron is. Mm-hmm. He stuck mm-hmm. like, he's their sound stuck. tech. Right, he was the sound, I never realized what he was other than coming to get relief. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he was the actual sound guy. <laughs> A target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how have you been, Angelique? This week has been a little nuts, but I'm good. <laughs> um, work has just been getting crazier by the day because of the COVID numbers. I mean, we're waiting on like 50 results for employees. Oh, so it's, wow. Yeah. So Dang. it's just like, oh my God. Well, Wash your hands. And they want me to hire people in the middle of all this. And I'm like, nobody's going to want this job right now, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll go do it. I know some go friends. Ahead. Let's go do it. <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to give it a scrub down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Where you at, Paul? I'm good. You are. I'm <laughs> awfully quiet. I'm. We're we're all good here. How are you? <laughs> we're all fine. We're all fine here. How are you? So who is this? What's your identification good? number? Pew, pew. You yeah. say we're all good, Paul. Everything's good. Uh oh, me personally, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. Who's the other Paul. Uh, <laughs> I'm the only Paul here. So. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to do this? Yes. One more. <laughs> Let's not get to it. Just as ready either. as we're okay. going to be. I mean, this. All right. Well, then, uh, here we are through the magic of editing and just I might do it or might not like all endings to all good sequels and trilogies and movie franchises. I figured we would do this one like back to back, but you're not going to know that listening at home. However, welcome to the bottom rack. Bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle. I am Dan. My name's Dan, but my friends call me Daniel or Dan or Hey You or That Guy or just any other shining ray and beacon of positivity in these erstwhile troubling times that I'm so tired of hearing about the times. With me are my friends, 
you know, we actually don't even have a group name of the Earth Defense Force would be a good name for it. This like is the that. bottom rack, the Mockbuster Summer. This year's special has been on Kaiju. We've already suffered this. We've already watched two other films, <laughs> Hornet and Atlantic Rim. We are on the downhill. We are on the backslide, the backslope. For the steeplechase fans here in Aiken, this would be the home stretch. And we are going to review the third in our quadrilogy, Atlantic Rim Resurrection. But I can't do this alone. I could. Sometimes I do because I'm a glutton for punishment. But to help me out with these films, I have brought a cadre of professionals. To my right, let's just say it's to my right, Miss Angelique Bone. How are you? I'm great. How are you? It's another day stuck in the closet. Hopefully it won't get too stuffy in here. But (laughs) 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 It's the prayer closet, though. It, It helps with the reverb reflections. Have you uh, seen any monsters? Giant monsters, kaiju. Oh, so many. <laughs> Big uh, giant ones ready to fight over giant robots. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Next to Angel. Mean, they caper through my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dreams. We'll keep it that. Happy dreams. Next to her, Mark the Movie Man. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be back. And. Having watched these films a third time, (laughs) (laughs) at least (laughs) the two Atlantic Realm films. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk about them. Glad to be here, as always. I have watched these entirely too much. Speaking of entirely too much, (laughs) Paul Salzer, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually a lot better knowing now that the Japanese have gotten their Gundam to start walking. So I'm really excited to have live action. Pacific Rim, not Atlantic Rim. Dude, yeah, I saw a, like a little viral clip or something of that. It's like Gundam takes this, or like giant Japanese robot takes its steps. But when you look at it, it's a freaking Gundam. It's like you couldn't have just said Gundam. Are we not at that point yet? <laughs> but all, all of my right. sources, all of my sources had Gundam because that's the that's the topics that they focus on. So yeah, they, they know their audience. Very true. That's how you reach them. So, well, I'm glad to have you in such a high chipper note. Hopefully, we've hit that buffer now, kind of like a limiter. We'll uh, keep the things compressed, and we'll keep your baseline up, and hopefully we can just sail on through these last few films. <coughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, rounding out this little cadre of professionals, the newest member of the Earth Defense Force, making it the Earth Defense 5, Ice? whatever. That's for Voltron. <laughs> That's right. Justin Young, CEO, Monsters Madness and Magic.com. How you doing? Doing great. Ready to finish off this rim job. <laughs> <laughs> I like the enthusiasm. I like the gusto. Actually, let me go ahead and get these notes here. because Yeah, that's right. Copious notes. Because let me tell you, I watched this stupid thing three times since Thursday. Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. You are the man. You're the I've, host here. I've, I've watched it that many, but not in that short of a time frame. <laughs> Mark, just, Mark does this just because he enjoys it. I had, You people don't know what I do to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we have Atlantic Rim Part 2. Atlantic Rim Resurrection. It's not actually called Part 2. It's called no. Atlantic Rim colon Resurrection. This is emphasis on the colon. 
This is the sequel to the first Atlantic Rim job Rim movie that came out. And it is actually a direct, like this is, I'm trying to think. And it's when I say pulling back from all the asylum flicks that I have watched, I can't really quite remember. I don't know if they actually have too many direct sequels, do they? There's Sharknado flicks, but I've, kind of drawing a blank because even like their mega shark and super turbolodon flicks and stuff those aren't actually direct sequels i this is if i'm right this is one of the few avalanchula yeah avalanchula that's right that has one is this direct uh, yes yes it is yeah it's uh they mention but it it's they they don't do a good job of tying what? it they they, don't. Right at the beginning, it says... A three years, years is since the... Three yeah. years, and that's it. No, well, nothing else. It depends on, depends on who you're talking to within the film. Because <laughs> in one sense in the film, they make it seem like it's been a long span of time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like Earth this. has evolved. <laughs> like Earth has evolved. Like they've been fighting more kaiju than we saw on screen for years. Yeah. If you talk to a small group of people here. But if you wait five minutes, someone else <laughs> is going to come out and say they've only been uh, away for three years since the last fight. And that's the amount of time it's been. So it really depends on who's talking on the history of just how long they've been dealing with this because <laughs> they've got a program in place with the new crew to keep fighting the kaiju, but we don't see any like history of long fight of kaiju since the last one. Yet, yeah, it <laughs> the, the timeline is... is inconsequential before oh man yeah before we dive headlong into this there's a little taste ladies and gentlemen a little sample a little try before you buy before uh before we get down to the guts of this thing i couldn't help but notice we made eye contact i really like your shoes try laughter laughter is a good you screw that this is lame hey i saw you checking out my goods you want to sample them a little try before you buy huh come here bitch if you're playing at home, <laughs> playing these aren't games anymore. This is real, okay? <laughs> we play for blood now. If you pull up the Atlantic Rim box art, I am on IMDb, and I have got this bad boy right up here on my laptop. And I mean, this is like a Transformers dream. Like, for Transformer lovers, this looks more like a Transformer than the Transformers movies, quite honestly. <laughs> I mean, this thing sitting here, it looks like straight up the... um. It looks like a combiner, like the yeah. uh, more like Brutus, the uh, the yeah. junk bots, like mm -hmm. the wreck bots that they had. That's kind of what he looks like on the cover. And of course, you've mm, got the yeah. Atlantic Rim font under it. You've got the bank gothic resurrection. And then you've got the one robot right here in the foreground. It's like his arms, a cannon, and he's got all this metal shit coming off of him and knee pad things. And he's holding this monster alien thing in one hand in the background you've got destroyed ruined skyscrapers and another robot blasting i mean this is full on this is like real deal and under that you've got metal versus monster justin what does this cover do to you like if you if i just said hey man check this out would you watch it if i just showed you this temporarily erasing all the memory of the movie yes 
<laughs> let's say let's say that I used my fingers to cover the title of the film and just showed you the box art. I I would watch it twice, my back to back. <laughs> what about you, Paul? I think it was a cartoon. Ooh, interesting take. I like that. You like animated or one of those CGI animated. hybrid? One of those like uh, either one, either one. Uh, it looks animated uh, and it does kind of look CGI too at the same time. What was that? Uh, trans was it Armada? You remember Transformers Armada? That yeah. was kind of like oh that. yeah yeah one half. It looked like the uh, cell shaded video game style, but then they had it also layered over with like the hand drawn animation stuff. So, I, I get what you're saying, uh, Mark. I mean, I'm, I'm putting my hand over the title now just to get a picture. <laughs> Let's of, see if I could do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with uh, Paul. That I would think maybe it was a cartoon or hybrid, but I don't care because this cover, if I go buy this cover and not know now what I know now, um, yeah, I'd watch it. This, this looks like. <laughs> Shit, this looks like a better uh, Transformers film, as you said, than Bayformers. And let's not forget, <laughs> let's not forget the bus that they put at the feet of the robot with the smashed windows yeah. to do the implied risk to humanity, and that he's defending humanity just by having that bus there. He, the robot, is defending humans uh, from the aliens. That's why they put the bus in there to give you that kind of connection, because everybody <laughs> knows a transit bus. So. That's it. And Angelique, this is in no way am I trying to use your femininity in this other than the fact that this is usually a sausage fest. So I will ask you for your opinion. Hypothetically, movie night, mm -hmm. I walk up and flash this cover art at you. What are you going to say? Pop popcorn, baby. <laughs> See, okay. I mean, that just seriously. Some I need a woman's perspective on this because I got to tell you, this is some of the most rad box art. Once again, the asylum does it. I mean, mm. no matter what, if you're an art connoisseur and you just love going around buying high high concept artwork, you're not going to waste your money on asylum art. I mean, you're going to buy it. You're going to love it. You'll put it in your living room and be like, this is some cool shit. If I told you it's a movie, you'd be like, yeah, dude, these, I want to watch These movie it. covers, yeah, these are our Patrick Nagels. I mean, I want to see these in the nail salons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Dude, holy shit. That, I would go to that. <laughs> so yeah, the box art, as we see, <laughs> Is just this is stellar. This this is just complete. Like I mean, it's Atlantic Rim Resurrection. So now, if we take our fingers away and you actually look at this, I was like, "Whoa, they made a sequel!" But you look at this box art and it's like, "Wow, it, maybe they put a little more money into it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just uh, observe Please. that uh, that uh, if we go back to the first film, not. It's sequel. It's intended sequel because its poster is completely different. Right. But Hornet and this came out in 2018 together. Damn, so the they artist, did, didn't they? The artist used the same Photoshop elements package that they bought for sale on Black <laughs> Friday uh, to make both these posters. Because if you look at both of them next to each other, they could be blended in together. You could put Hornet and just push it right up against the left side of Atlantic Rim Resurrection poster, and you got yourself a panorama shot of what would be a really badass movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you could, me out. 
Hear me out. Uh oh. <laughs> so we're all fans. We're all Lovecraft fans, and we're all kind of creepy kids. Oh yeah. The Mouth of Madness. Yeah. Where he has to cut out the Sutter Kane novels and put them mm. together. <laughs> Maybe the asylum is smarter than we think. Do you read Sutter Kane? What? That could be. That could be. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I, I'm I'm looking at these two posters next to each other, and yeah, you could put Hornet to the left of Atlantic Re- Resurrection, edit it so they're together, and you could pretty much have a full. Pe- it would look like it was all one movie. <laughs> Man, now you prob- that probably mean. was one poster, and the, to save money, they cut it into two different <laughs> boxes. I, I mean, quite honestly, that'd be a smart thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kenny, we're going to need you to go wild. We want one really big poster. Just go crazy. Put everything you got into just one. <laughs> and we'll just pay you. And uh, yeah, that'll be good. Click South that. Korea. <laughs> South, we've got South Korea. They want a giant robot, but they want it like Bumblebee. But then we've got those pesky Russians, and they want giant monsters and machine guns. But we only have money for one poster. So I need you to do one for South Korea and Russia at the same time, and we'll just split it in post. <laughs> and the kid's like, um, I, okay. All right, here's 20 bucks. Do it. Blam. Done. Now, to be fair, those element packs are pretty cheap during Black Friday. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. I don't know jack no. about Photoshop. So during the uh, COVID thing after Black Friday, and then once the uh, the first pandemic, the COVID thing started, mm-hmm. Affinity dropped all of their software by 50%. And then mm-hmm. with all those Photoshop packs and stuff, I actually look like a professional with my stuff. So <laughs> that's the formula. Yeah, exactly. So, Angelique. This is a sequel. Start us off with this film. What happens when this bad? Because we've looked at the box art and we're, I mean, we're in this. I've seen this. I mean, it's, it's all around. This was like the most easy question I could ever ask a panel of like-minded, awesome people in the world, because this is, uh, did you look at this? Like, Oh, hell yeah. I'm in, but start this <laughs> thing off for us, Angelique. How does this thing kick off? Oh, well, it's a nice day in, what is it? Miami? And all of a sudden, the the rimming begins again. <laughs> the um, rimming, the rimming. I love it. <laughs> um, um, the rock lobster that the B fifty two sang about rises from the ocean and starts a bunch of shit. <laughs> now, yeah, that was after we get that cute little montage. That, uh, you know, three years ago at the events of blah, 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 and the monster comes up and stuff. We've got, it's, it's a cool flashback montage where actually, again, being a direct sequel, they show us scenes from the first Atlantic Rim as to whatever context we are assuming that there will be context to this later on. And there is <laughs> briefly, but they show us scenes from the first Atlantic Rim. And then we're all of a sudden we're that it, we're with a dude in a yacht. Now, I will forego the fact that they use the Bank Gothic LT medium font when the movie kicks off. I'll forgive them that. <laughs> Most of the time, you would laugh at it, but here's what I think. Erst, I think they kind of lucked up in the fact that you really don't see that in a movie. So as long as they can continue doing that, that can like be their thing. But regardless, we got a dude in a yacht who's just putzing all around, talking on a phone. <laughs> the yacht, the guy in the yacht. He, he's a scientist <laughs> in a yacht, talking with a a military guy or whatever, and like 
nothing they're just sitting there jaw jacking having fun and all of a sudden it's like releasing seismic charges <laughs> yeah out of nowhere. Got, <laughs> what, yeah out of nowhere justin you ever seen a yacht with depth charges dude he just says the guy says i'm not sure what's below us hold on let me draw these depth charges hold on, real quick let find me blow out. it up and find yeah. out <laughs> what is Why this not? georgia I mean- <laughs> They're going gigging. <laughs> Are the nuclear like subs combing the ocean floor, according to the narrator? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, he could have just dropped a discharge on a nuke, dude. I think he called like I think he called them survey charges or survey mines or something. So I I've never seen I'm imagining he's listening via sonar with explosives. Now <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's how we do things down south, but just not quite so drastic <laughs> yet. This is like, you know, I ain't going to go up and shoot a dude in the face unless he's walking on private property. But if he's just walking down the street, you go, hey, Earl. Hey, Fred. Right. You just you wave, howdy do. This dude's dropping charges, surveying, and then the monster. Like, I will give this this thing this thing let me come up with a better terminology here i have to credit the movie this we are not five minutes in and we've got monster action so when i first my first initial opinion is just like whoa this this is daniel you know the other day whoa we ain't five minutes in there's already a monster (laughs) it looks better i think mark Yes. Five minutes in, and we have a monster. Does it at least look better? What's your What's your thoughts on five minutes? We've had a dude in a yacht, death charges, some military guy talking to him, and now all of a sudden a monster that does at least look a little better than the first Atlantic Ram. I mean, consolidate all of this for us. The monster does look better, absolutely. Uh, the guy in the yacht get used to him being in the yacht because that's all he does. Uh, in fact, the actor mad props to him because he must have read the script and go, "Shit, I get to spend a day on a on a freaking I want boat, that part. and I just got to talk my lines, which you know, into a box for like two hours, and I'm going to get paid. Hell yeah, get me. I'll take up. that one because that's all he fucking does. From this movie's like almost an hour and a half long, and he's spends like an hour of it out on this boat it's like they forget about him after he's there he's there for five (laughs) minutes he's like monsters coming monster shows up which does immediately look better than the previous monster i'm like okay this i can get past this monster who then destroys (laughs) a destroyer like instantly like just Boom. He just Slap. comes up and just Hulk smashes the damn thing. He, he goes up. He goes up like Dave Chappelle's Rick James. <laughs> hey, you <laughs> at Navy? What the five tentacles say to face? Slap. Tom What's up, partner? Darkness, everybody. Dark. Everyone. Darkness is pretty. I'm behind the bar and I'm serving drinks and Charlie bends over. I call. I said, Charlie, come here. Charlie, there's a new joke going around. Have you heard it? What is the five fingers? Say to the face! What? Slap! Everybody! I'm a Everybody! King Kong ain't got shell me! 
By the way, the name of that boat is called the, uh, it's the Liquid Lounge. The Liquid Lounge. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> the, boat, the boat he drives, the boat he drives is called the Liquid Lounge, which is an awesome name for a boat. Yes. The, the <laughs> military yacht equipped with depth charges is called. <laughs> <laughs> with the depth charge. <laughs> yeah. Dude was full on. It was like Michael Knight from Knight he Riders was. in boat form. That was Kit <laughs> as a boat. That's Kit after he retires. So, but yeah, we get monsters. And then immediately after monsters, we're getting, we got to get the expert. And the military guys go and track down the expert. I mean, the first like 10 minutes of this has more action than most of the first film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, it, it's more coherent uh, as we get into it. I'll go to it further. I will say this film does fix the things that were broken in the first one, but breaks a whole lot of other things, <laughs> completely new things in, in its execution. But yeah, the first like 10 minutes of this film, you're like in. I'm like, holy shit, they've improved. They knew their mistakes. I mean, we got them talking about, you know. <laughs> what I will say, though, is none of the original cast is back. Right. But if you look at the way the parts they write uh, for the guy in the boat, our scientist who gets picked up by the MPs and the eventual female uh, a co-star who we mm-hmm. run into, you look at it going, they really wanted to get the original actors right. back to play the characters because the way their relationships are, they talk as if they're the same relationship as what we had in the first film, minus yeah. the, the romance thing, but they're completely different people. <laughs> they're but different people. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. It felt like Metal Gear, you know, like, I wonder, can love sprout on a battlefield? It was kind of like that, only these people <laughs> have known each other for two and a half minutes. Yeah. and But the way that they're interacting, they they bring up something later on in the film, and I'll just go and mention it, because we'll probably just skim over that part. It was to- You would never catch it unless you have abused yourself and watched this movie three times in the past three yep. days. She mentioned something about, like, hence why you threw your chair out of the office or something like right. that. Right, yeah. They, they were implying history, yeah. it was, but the way that she said it, it was almost, yep. you, I couldn't tell if they were talking about an old office meeting or an old fight that they had after banging each other. It was just the way that they were... <laughs> interacting you could hey i heard a laugh there he is paul what did you think of the scientist and the whole let me all right let's see if i could come up with a good commentary for this to get your opinion to push us further okay the characters what are your thoughts on the characters like who they got to to do as they introduce us because i 10 minutes in and we had the entire cast of characters what are your thoughts on them I actually thought the actors were better in this film than in the previous one. I agree. Uh, like you guys said, I think they've they really uh, improved the formula. I think they needed to because they realized <laughs> that they could put this on sci-fi, which is why it had so much excitement. It seemed like, oh, you know, here's here's a bit, here's here's an excitement. We're gonna go to commercial, but we still got them because we got all that exciting stuff in there. I didn't think about that. You're right. Mm-hmm. They, it was a sci-fi original, and there is they there is a formula that sci-fi. I've read about it and/or have heard about. I mean, there I mm-hmm. several corroborating sources that they have a scripted formula. Like the, you have to see the monster within the first two minutes or two and a half minutes of the film. You have to have some form of character establishing, which means you whatever criteria that they have set forth in the film. They all of this has to be done within like the first before the first commercial break. So I'm, you mentioned that that I didn't even think about that. That's cool, but uh, uh, 
but I wish they would have gotten some of the older or the original <laughs> actors because there was it didn't feel like this movie was um it, it didn't feel like this was an actual sequel except for the tacked on beginning newscast where they showed stock footage <laughs> of the original film you're right otherwise and, and the the specialist it's like I was like oh yeah they're going to they're going to get back one of the main characters maybe they're going to get back the uh the lady that designed the robots you know yeah right. and, and I was like okay but no, they, they got some new guy and he's jogging. They completely, they completely rewrote their history because <laughs> they had the robot guy who was supposed to have originally designed the robots, but it was a woman who yeah. designed the robots from NASA. Well, yeah. no, wait. My thought was he didn't design the actual mech. He did just the software. He designed the software that, that worked with that neural link. Right, but the female scientist, the first one said, well, she said they, they had created it. She didn't say who, so technically, right. I yeah. guess, I get, the guy I get what you said. I follow yeah. you, yeah. I, yeah. I get that. I'm feeling that because it, it's subconsciously, I didn't purposefully think of this, but it, with you bringing that up, Market pause, like the way you are talking about it, I did kind of think it's like, oh, so, you know, he's supposed to be the guy that created it or whatever, but then it was like, wait a minute, but it was NASA, bull butter. Because I've seen a <laughs> NASA handle it, so yeah, no tie-in whatsoever. But I was hoping I, for red. I, I, oh yeah, somebody. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Give us somebody with that. Now I he should have been this. in the boat. He should have been in the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that have been cool? Like quite honestly, I think that would have been cool to have him <laughs> trying to retire or yeah. something. The dialogue. Then we could get the the oh god. The pan in from the, he's like, damn. (laughs) You know, he would have seismic charges on his boat. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was more believable. (laughs) But that dialogue between the, the scientist and the guy in the boat, you could easily put red and uh, sim together in that. Mm -hmm. And you would have seen it and would have fit perfectly. In fact, that's who I thought at first, but then I'm looking at going, Wait, no, that's not the same guy, and that's not the same guy. Right. <laughs> but the way they're talking, especially if you watch these movies back to back, you're almost thinking, wait, are they just playing the same characters, but different <laughs> actors? <laughs> Speaking of same characters, but different actors. I've said this before, like in other movies, like when we talk about Atlantic Rim, how they wanted Tyrese so bad yeah like and 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 as as i've already given a glowing review of tyrese gibbs whenever he acts natural it he just whether that's natural or not he feels like that you know Mm -hmm. this movie gives us like the big lots dollar general sam's choice versions of actors for instance the doctor guy dr roth i don't know who he is but i swear to god i've seen him before so he's just one of those people it's i don't know who he is but i swear to god, it's he's like three or four different people that he reminds me of i swear i've seen him before but can't quite place it well interrupt the suv fitting to take the doctor wherever they have to go because they hadn't oh. really said this yet we just got to get him back and out walks the rock and nicola coaster well no not quite but darn if they don't look like it dude gets out and you got one guy who looks like the rock but not and then you got one dude who looks like a nicola coaster wall maybe uh sean bean love child is uh, the other guy if you put is basically you got jamie lannister and the rock only not so it's more like jaime banister and the pebble 
And, <laughs> and that's not to say they look bad. Like the dude who wanted to be the Rock, he worked Russo. out. He looks like he could fight. What's up, Justin? Russo. Russo. I call him Sergeant two times. Two times. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has certain ways. Because I'll get to that as I let you carry us further, Justin. But exit Sergeant two times. Two times. And the Sean Bean love child person who gets. He looks really intimidating with a scarf, and he's the only one wearing black. And I don't people. <laughs> suburban commandos and guys playing Daisy and playing Arma and stuff, you do realize kidding out in all black and you're in broad daylight in the jungle, I can see you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to let you guys, I mean, I get it. We, I grew up looking at those badass covers in the Dollar General and stuff on the bottom shelf, the books, and you'd see that dude with the beard and the slick back hair and he's holding that MP5 with the silencer and he's decked out all the blackness called like Rogue Agent Special Ops 4. And you're like, holy shit, that book looks intense. Okay, <laughs> it looks good on a book cover, but in real life, practically, that's not really that useful unless it's at night. <laughs> anyway, just had to get that. <laughs> just had to get that bit off of my chest. Back to Sergeant Two Times. Two Times. If you've watched the movie entirely too much over the past three days, like I have, you might notice he has certain idiosyncratic <laughs> gestures and things that he does when he talks. Yes. For instance, he likes to trail off with the second time. Come yes, on, people. Come on, people. He started <laughs> two times, and that everything he says, yep. he says twice. Twice. But he also likes to say, let's get in the car. Let's get in the car. He's making sure you're in a hurry as well. <laughs> yeah. Want to get in a hurry? We're going to get in a hurry. Let's go. Let's get We're like daylight, fields. We're losing daylight. We're losing daylight. Losing daylight. Losing daylight. Some some Marine Corps cadence videos. He has watched a lot of basic training obstacle course. Apparently. On YouTube to get into character. And that's how military people talk. I'm gonna talk like that. And if we didn't know that, he's wearing that uh the tactical vest, the suspender yeah. vest. He's <laughs> always wears too, you know. Yeah. That's it. It's uh, like he's got the little the assault vest that you wear. Now this is just the lightweight stuff. You can put a couple of bullet clips in there and you maybe even fasten a canteen in a compass. It's very practical, but doesn't weigh you down because he likes to hook his thumbs. You could tell he had just started to feel comfortable and Please, <laughs> it sounds funny. He was actually in the wrong movie. Mm. And I'll just go ahead and say, I feel like he was probably the best actor in the whole film. Yep. He needs to be in something else because he is so enthusiastic that it comes across hammy because they told him to do that. The problem is, is he's mm. really good at doing that. And they kept mm-hmm. bolstering that. So I just, you could, it's like whenever he hooks his thumbs in there, a lot of times he misses. <laughs> and that's just because I feel like he had just finally gotten used to being that character. But since they filmed this thing in like 10 days, he would just time he gets used to it, he can't do it anymore. But yeah, you'll notice you try to hook his thumbs in his belt and he'll oh. miss. <laughs> so then he'll just rub his hands over his head. He'll sigh. And his, the third little thing I point out, and this is just, again, I love the dude and I find it hilarious. Any, <laughs> anytime he says something, a lot of times the other characters in the film will contradict him. We can't, it's like, well, let's get in the trucks. I can't yep. get in the truck. He looks into space and he just, <sighs> 
And he has like, I'm about two seconds for breaking this motherfucker's face <laughs> in front of God and cunt. He just, he has this, I am so tired of your shit, Donna, look on his face. He does it like four times. He's the lead of security and no one listens to him. Yeah. He's telling people what we have to do yeah. and no one listens. And it's like, he My could God. say. I am following direct orders from the general. Don't you understand? <laughs> I have a job to do and you're impeding me from doing that job. If, and if, if you keep on, I'll put a bullet in your face. If, if, that's right. If anybody has ever grown up around or is familiar with someone with like severe autism or with Down syndrome, these people are programmed machines. All right. that And that's how they're wonderful people. Some are, I would dare say are geniuses. It's just a wire gets crossed or, you know, they wire up one little thread of one headphone wire gets wired up with the other one. And so they operate slightly differently, but that's the thing with this dude. He is a precise machine, just like someone with down syndrome. When you nudge them, when they are two minutes late for their daily appointment, they going to shoot somebody. That's, <laughs> that was this guy. We got think, lucky. He could have saved the whole planet. Nobody would listen to him. He could just, everything could have been solved. If we'd have listened to this dude. Well, so Justin, we get the doctor, Do- Dr. Roth. Dr. Roth. Where do we go from here? Cause it's getting to the point. We're about to kind of start meandering along. We're going to well, have like, going to the doctor's house because they've already been there. They got his clothes. That's so. right. We got your clothes. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're at the need for You're speed. You're not my bar. supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're also introduced to what was her name? Bugs. Um, his. Well, yeah, we're getting to them because the yeah, those are the. Uh, I will let you give us a full rundown of the heroes of this thing. We also have uh, Turbo Mill Four Thousand and her daughter. <laughs> oh yes, we're we'll yeah, yeah. getting to them as well. So. And this Karen is all around about the same time, but I wanted to go ahead and mention them because this is going to start our subplot where once <clears> things start to go down, Turbo Mill 4000 and daughter like run off. And we don't even hear from them again <laughs> until like near the end of the flick. A so random I'll, subplot. That's, just... I'll just go ahead and mention her because she like, again, with, I say it with incredible respect because like she's MILF 4000, right? Bam. It's the asylum <laughs> firing on all cylinders. We're just going to find the most insanely gorgeous natural people that we can and make a movie with them. What do they do? Hell, I don't know. Just put them in there. Justin, these are now, they're not like, they don't call them bots or like robonoids or anything crazy like that. Do you remember what they're called? Uh, if you wouldn't have asked me, I, I could have just rattled it off. No, Great question. Uh, They're called armadas. Armadas, yeah. So we are t- we are treated to a scene in a bar, like your typical army people, which is better than just roaming around a Mardi Gras in broad daylight, <laughs> glad-handing <laughs> yep. your high school sweetheart who was also enlisted with you. <laughs> These soldiers seem to have a little bit better decor, and uh, they're not on duty because they're not wearing their fatigues. Justin, right. lay out the scene with who they are and what's going on in the robots, man. Right, so we're at the Need for Speed bar now, and this is... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is Badger, Bugs, and Hammer. And, uh, oh, Hammer. Yeah, the first few minutes, uh, they just spend giving you an exposition on everything you need to know about the guy you just met in the previous scene. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the uh the Tony Stark guy. That's that's the vibe he gives me. You mentioned that, Daniel, that he he gives me a Tony I don't uh I mentioned this about Red in the first movie too. He reminds me of the douchebag guy from Starship Troopers that was <laughs> taking uh Casper Van Dien's uh yeah, woman. Xander. <laughs> Xander. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is the vibe I get from him. Red, they just all seem like this amalgamation of that douchebag guy. So that's that's <laughs> the kind of vibe I put on him. So <laughs> But yeah, Badger, Bugs, and Hammer. So that's where we're at now. And some of the worst call signs. Now, Hammer's pretty cool. I mean, that's something. Yeah, hammer that's is like, pretty cool. You know, it's, it's like Hammer. I'm going to put the hammer down, you know, with Badger. Why? Because she has Bugs. She doesn't feet. give a shit. <laughs> and there, maybe that's it. Because she was really cool and collected, like the meanest of the bunch. And then you you got Bugs, who I thought was, eh, what's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want, you don't want to jump too far ahead, but his name is Hammer. In this scene, he's very timid, and he, well, we we know what happens. That's why I'm squad leader, <laughs> huh? I spent the whole movie just screaming, "Please, Hammer, don't hurt him!" I, oh God, that was me. I was sitting there saying, "All oh, Hammer, like <laughs> want to stand up, do the little sideways dance." Oh, all oh, Hammer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an excellent call sign. I do have to say. So we're introduced to the robots. They get the call. And they actually hit even the lingo that they use because even though they've been drinking and yet they still go like if you're on call, whatever. Maybe they took an Uber. Yeah, Yeah, they did. Yeah, maybe they took an Uber. That's fine. Never mind the giant robots, but (laughs) we'll just we'll take an Uber. There's lag. We're playing their song and we're introduced to ladies and gentlemen, the thing that kills people more than anything else. This is responsible for more deaths, real and implied, virtual, simulation, anything. Yeah. Guns don't kill people, ladies and gentlemen. Lag kills people. Lag. Mm. Lag. <laughs> Lag. <laughs> Before I get to that, anybody want to <laughs> when they uh, arrive at the mountain base? Because we have... We're like probably 10 minutes in and we have already jumped from Miami to California to a running doctor to three uh, pilot, what army people I'm assuming. Yeah, they say whatever branch of service they're in, pilots. They're Marines. They're going to hoorah. That's right. They give it to hoorah. They're in a bar and then we're back to the doctor that we're seeing stuff from the ocean front with the monster and then like the battleships are shooting the monster. Things are blowing up and just going absolutely batshit crazy. So we arrive at the mountain, <laughs> the mountain base. Now on the one hand, you might think I, on the one hand, I can hear people laughing. And at first I laughed at this, but in a way I find it endearing and rather clever. It's one of those, it honestly looked like wing commander. Angelique, what was your thought? on when they walk into the mountain to go down to the base (laughs) and that hole that you could tell it was a natural cave but they matted over like the metal door and the walls they they superimposed a shitty elevator (laughs) anytime you have to go up or down a level in this movie it makes it suck because the (laughs) elevator graphic is sub sub par i mean (laughs) I could have done a better job and I don't even know how to use half the shit sitting on my desk here. And this is just a basic laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was at least kind of Mark, how do you do something like that? I mean, 
how bad was it in your opinion? Because we're going to see this several times. Let's go ahead and get let's get the elephant out of the room. You know what I mean? (laughs) That that has got to be the worst composited shot I've I've ever seen. And here in in Steven's Point, we got a college TV station and they do uh, music videos. They got a huge green screen that people stand in front of and they play music videos behind. That shit looked better than what <laughs> they looked, walked into the natural cave. Damn. Uh, that, that, that shit, I'm like, really? I'm like, where are you? In California, you couldn't have found a cave somewhere? <laughs> and, and then, you know, done a cutaway. Like, they go into the cave and then, you know, do a reverse shot where they're coming into an elevator and you, you, you got the composite of, you know, looking outside the cave to right. give you imply. But instead, no, they're walking obviously on some green screen because you look at the angle of the floor and where our doctor's feet are and you're like, what right. the hell? That was the that was probably I'm glad you mentioned that because again I get some of y'all experts to talk about it. That was what it was. The way whenever I said it looked like Wing Commander. It, it, yeah, it's the way they said only you know it, it stood and then the door too for the elevator <laughs> um is just in yeah, the '90s, it, it looked it looked cool. Like I said, Wing Commander. I, I wow, it's like the third time I've said it. It's apparently, I love Wing Commander. It Not was, the movie, right? The, game. the third. You remember when the, the third, third game, game came out? Oh that, shit! Yeah, the that four was like million dollars. The high watermark for interactive PC fiction and gaming. It attracted Hollywood talent that showed what you could do with CGI. It's. This, Paul, before I get to ramble about this is not the Wing Commander cast, the Mockbuster Summer, Paul, I mean, come on, it, the effects, was it terrible? Are we at least getting a little bit, but I, like I said, I thought it was kind of clever. It's, it's, it was kind of charming. I saw exactly what they were doing, but they I were, still chuckled. I mean, was it off-putting? Yes, but they were, they were, they were picking their, they were picking their opportunities. They were spending money on more of the big, big shot scenes and less on these type of things because they knew this was going to be a few seconds on screen. But uh, just, I'm, I was, I was going to mention this too. If you do watch their feet, you will actually see uh, the guys. First of all, their feet will uh, thin out a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not only that, but you will see the guys shift up and they will hover several inches above the floor. Yep. Yes, yeah, because it's <laughs> fake, and and they'll they'll walk in there and and it's it's those those type of things. But they they know that people people will probably watch that. Uh, like when they're watching it on television, they're probably not going to really pay that much attention to it. Uh, and that's why they spent more of their money on the set designs because the sets are way better. Um, uh, I thought the robot designs were a lot better than they were in the previous ones as well. I was, I was fixing to, I was going to go ahead and ask you before I jump back to Justin so he could take us on in about the robots. But what were your thoughts on that set? Like the, the real world set. Now I know I, whether the whole practical versus CGI stuff and whatnot, we've gotten past that. Everybody knows my opinion on there, but like the underground base, it reminded me of that spaceship from the Terminators. I'm because wondering it was. That's what I was fixing to look that, up to see when the Terminators came out to see same, if that was the same set. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Uh, I, I didn't mean to jump on, you, uh, on your audio there, sir. Uh, but I just wanted to mention that hallway has yeah. been used by Asylum more time. Whatever money they invested in building that hallway set, they have gotten their money back <laughs> on that thing about 
<laughs> tenfold because they shoot it different ways. They light it. But if you pay attention to it, that is the same hallway that's used in almost every single sci-fi. It was used in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. It oh, was wow. used in the uh, Terminators. It was used. You look at that hallway. It is recognizable. They try to shoot it differently. But if you pay attention to some of the props and the textures on the wall, it's the same freaking hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the whole, Paul, come on, seriously, was it charming, endearing, or is it, or are you just going to say, well, it was a movie? <laughs> uh, to, actually, to me, it was, it was a video game pretending to be a movie because uh, you, get, you get the, the, the kind uh, yeah. of crappy actors you get the mass destruction even though in the first movie it was supposed to be isolated to new york but it, the entire atlantic coast was destroyed by <laughs> by the one creature in new york uh was so bad that even imdb said that this movie took place in la they <laughs> <laughs> meant louisiana yeah that's what they meant exactly. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> um, operator error it, you you talk about uh, so the the cadences the repeating. Have you ever been on a lot of these like first person like squad commander type things or like oh, yeah. Eve Online? The the people running the show are always repeating, 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 repeating every command. It's like you attack this, attack this, attack this, and that's what it felt like that these guys were doing. It's like you guys are playing a, or you guys are doing a video game on live action, and the the one thing that really carries it to the next level is what uh, Daniel said. And that's lag kills. And what kills most people in video games? Lag. Lag. Yes. Yes. Justin. So, oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Finish up. No, I was just going to say that is that you hit it on the head with this whole idea of it being like a video. So if you, if you look at it as a video game instead of a movie. <laughs> I mean, that quite honest, that's wow. That's they have, like different a, they have different tropes. That's like a glowing review for Paul, considering an asylum flick. I mean, you're right. I'm always. Yeah, I mean, anybody knows it listens to enough of what I do. I'm a sucker for movies that end up trying to be like a video game that feel like it. I don't like it when they heavy handedly try to do it, but when they have that progression and feel like it, <laughs> or in this case, look like it, because we're hovering somewhere between the Xbox 360, maybe <laughs> the GameCube, because the GameCube had that badass graphics capabilities that everybody just kind of overlooks. But regardless, Justin, we are now introduced to the Armada. We have Everybody has now coalesced into one mountain base, green screen and all. We are there in the Terminator's hallway, and now we get to see the Armada. What's your thoughts on these robots, huh? Definitely an upgrade. Just in the <laughs> movie in general, I don't think you can art. I mean, just a step up from the first movie in pretty much everything, but graphics-wise, maybe except the uh, the elevator. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think... The the robots definitely look better, but there are some. I want to uh, back up to the terminals because I don't know if you guys have seen Critters, but yep, yeah. are, <laughs> the terminal <clears throat> that they switched to that the guys uh, poking on all the time it looks exactly like the terminal used by the bounty hunters and the Critters. I don't know if they uh, <laughs> tried to copy that or if it's the same one. But when they're trying to change faces and critters, that's exactly the same uh, color scheme. Dang, you're right. <laughs> it may have been. It could have been, but yeah. The robots I, themselves look, I think they look a lot better than the first movie. I will mention this. I need to, I'm going to say this several times today. So we just go ahead and get prepared for it. You always hear it. I know every time. I know, I know the sound. 
the music in this movie, freaking killer. Like <laughs> when I talk about the guy, the the Rock, but was it the Rock? That dude, uh, Sergeant Two Time Russo, like he was in the wrong movie. So was their composure. This dude now. Some of the stuff I heard are libraries and factory presets. And that's just when you're in the, when you're in the game long enough, you start recognizing some of these things. I don't care. From cue number one, when it comes on to the first, when you got the farting horns all the way to the brams, and then you got the metal strikes. Dude, we have got shades of James Horner. He's like channeling James Horner and Hans Zimmer together. You've got a combination of Black Hawk Down mixed with Aliens. And I say the Aliens because there's a specific, I don't know the, I think it's called, is it Sordino? There's a, a particular style you would do with the violin. It's where you just go, and you build up the key while you're just doing the same little motion every time. And then all you got to do is get a metal bar, go king king like that, and that's aliens. That was what James Horner did to build up the tension right before the next falling off part in the music. And this does that, especially whenever later on, if you ever <laughs> watch this film again, you'll know what I mean. The music score in this thing, it was lively. It was orchestral, and then at times it was hackneyed. Like whenever we get the uh, the pilots, whenever they said, "All right, bring the drivers in," and so you've got, of course, the one badass chick. She's sitting there working out, and then the other two people just appear out of nowhere. But you get like this industrial, just freaking nice little slamming metal cue that goes for like thirty seconds, like. Whoa, where'd this come from? You know, channeling some Mick Gordon or some Fear Factory a little bit. And it, you'll get little things like that the whole movie. Like, again, I'm going to say it many times over. The music in this thing was absolutely top notch. And, and I just have to say, like, as far as the, the lighting in the set, Pete, I don't know if, may, of course, the lighting outside, because it was bright daytime the whole freaking movie. But in that underground bunker, the lighting in every room was different. And normally I wouldn't care other than the fact that I just happened to notice it for the third time I watched this thing when they're in the hallway, the first time it has some, you had some ambient blue and like some soft fluorescent whenever they're in the, like the main room or whatever, when they're sitting there staring at the camera, they're supposed to be looking at the wall terminal, or whatever, depending on the action, it's either blue or it's yellow. When it was intense, you could see the corridor up above like a grating and it had a yellow light splashing down. So y'all know in Hellraiser, whenever these summon the Cenobites and they would show the light, like it would fan up through the slats in the boards. Mm -hmm, you would right. see that effect overhead, only it was yellow. But yeah, I just, I have to mention the music and the lighting before we continue on with this wonderful narrative in this film, Angelique, we've been introduced to the robots. We have a giant monster coming. Lag apparently kills people. So what does the doctor have to do? What are we going to do to save the world? Whether it's Los Angeles or Miami, because at this point, the movie never really <laughs> tells us. Well, um, he needs to update their Cyberlink software but apparently it's running some Mickey Mouse operation that's not even compatible with the new bots or something. RoboNet. RoboNet, yeah, yes. It's on RoboNet. We need <laughs> Python to interface with the, the, the Cyberlink. And they're like, no, you can... Come on, we don't need to update. 
<laughs> they don't have time for that. And he's like, you really just want these people to die? <laughs> and the the drivers are all like, well, back in the thing, this thing killed my whole family and my dog, <laughs> and I'll do whatever it takes to blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but you don't understand. I'm trying to give you everything. I'm trying take. to save your life. Well, number one, number two, I'm giving. Uh, I want to give you everything you need in order to destroy these things. So let me do the job you called me here to do, so I can destroy these damn things. <laughs> yep. And we're introduced to our next character, the last of the main group. We've been introduced to the general. Yeah, the general. Yep. But we've also got the scientist chick. Horowitz. Dr. Horowitz, yes. Horowitz. Yeah, and Dr. Horowitz, you know, he says, well, this is broken, blah, blah, blah. Well, it worked fine yesterday. Well, this is not compatible. It was compatible yesterday. Until you, know, you she's touched like, it. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay, I thought I was doing, but I really don't, but I'm going to kind of be an asshole about it. <laughs> For real, we have exactly, we have a textbook study of microaggressions in the workplace. (laughs) Just Just in this little conversation going on right here. I mean, if people are really looking for some red flags, we found a whole lot of them from everybody. So we have operating systems and OS and stuff. They don't care. We got a neurotranslate quantifier to get out there. Russo has had had it. Like, if anybody else could see my camera, if I were Russo, I'm swiping my hand over my head to indicate the level of tolerance that has passed Russo. He is so far done. He's rubbed his hands over his head twice so far. We're just trying to get what these people need to get this job done. And he hasn't even had to say anything. So he hasn't had to say it twice. And you're going to be eating lead. I'm a warning you, stranger. So now the people got to get in the armadas and fly them out to, I guess we're in California and go to Miami in the quickest time I have ever seen in a film. Mark, what's our first battle like? Um, better than all the battles in the first film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they took time and, and planned it out. It, it's fun. I mean, you got, you got uh, them fighting, you know, the cockpits are different. Well, they're the same. They're new, but, but they got a seat to actually sit in in the cockpits. They're not standing in a closet anymore. We actually have a set that looks like a cockpit with monitors and buttons they couldn't reach from their chair and, you know, levers they couldn't reach from their other chair. So my thing is, these are supposed to be, right, these are supposed to be like mixed, like, I move, my robot moves, right? Supposedly, but they're still using joysticks like a tank. Right. Why are you sitting down? Why are you using levers? If you're cyberlinked to this thing and it's supposed to be able to, you know, do a high karate kick when you do one, why the hell are you sitting down? It it makes no sense and it makes me mad. Sorry, Mark. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) There's a number of things about the design of the robots. They look better by far. And the action sequence, the CGI fight with the monsters on the outside is actually very fun. It's doable, yeah. It it was more fun than the first one. it, It was very, I mean... It blended a little better against the city backdrop a little bit. A little. A little. And the action, at least, you know, they were using a little more camera angles in that. What 
the problem is if you start thinking about the robots in general, just like Angelique said, yeah, one, these robots, uh, if you think they're supposed to be interactive mechs, you would be standing and moving like in the first one, even though they had a joystick as well, instead of driving them like a tank with the, uh, you know, the, the freaking Professor X ring on their head. But, <laughs> um, what other thing got me is these are things to fight on Earth. And this is actually going to come into uh, play when we talk later on about the other film. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, whoever designed these robots designed them with their own life support system in the cockpit. <laughs> so they aren't actually breathing the regular air from the outside. It's designed to have its own life support system, which eventually malfunctions for Hammer. And, oh, Hammer. <laughs> and he gets sick, and you're like, you're on Earth. Open a window. Open a window. <laughs> Unhook your seat. I mean, I'm screaming. Unhook your seatbelt. Get up from your chair and get out of the robot. It's that simple. All those oh, freaking, hammer. All those freaking buttons next to him, and one didn't have open window or, or vent or something. I mean, he's <laughs> on Earth. You don't need a self-contained. You, you don't need that enabled. So that part got me. But yeah, the first battle was was fun and was interesting. Was because it ties into the the random subplot at some point. Yeah, because we, we've got Robomil four thousand and her daughter running, and they're looking back at you. Do you think Dad's up there or this random scene with them on the ground, like trying to connect you, show you some kind of human element, which is not why you're here. Exactly. <laughs> I would have had to stop and just be like, is your dad a mech pilot? <laughs> no, mommy. <laughs> then why would he be up there? You stupid shit. <laughs> yeah. So you got to fight. Was, what? I was just going to, uh, uh, Please, this is a free-for-all, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, well, I just... Um, the, the, what you were saying there, that I think it was because that uh, that was just to show us that she doesn't know what her dad really does. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's and true. It, because yeah. he's supposed to be kind of a secreted organization type of thing. So, yeah, it could be him. Is, is he up there? Yeah, he's going to... He probably tells the daughter all the time, yeah, I'm, I'm doing heroic things for the, for the world. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> drive robots, think? darling. Yeah. It doesn't really serve any purpose, though. But the plot does, does that subplot doesn't. That subplot <laughs> right. serves no purpose outside of getting us a chance to having to see Paul Logan again since Transmorphers mm. drive a truck. <laughs> oh, as they go out to rescue Hammer in a vehicle where he shouldn't be life-threatening gas on Earth in a cockpit that you could get out of. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mean- Let's be honest, he didn't buckle his seatbelt correctly in the first place anyway, so he probably just could have stood up. <laughs> he, he did kind of not handle the uh, the tense situation, per, might I say. I mean, far be it for me to criticize the stuff, but this dude's squad leader, he just kind of seemed it, – it sort of seemed to fall apart like all of a sudden. It was like one of those infomercials. Yeah. Like, Tired of grabbing a coffee cup with a normal pair of hands, and you seem like <laughs> reach up and everything just falls over. <laughs> Here, quick, get Handomatic 4000. It was one of those. He's like, everything was fine. Missiles to the face. 
And then all of a sudden, whack, and next thing you know, everything. I got a gas leak. Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. I'm having trouble breathing. I can't. Wham. <laughs> and he's done. All right, then. And, of course, the other two are like, hammer, hammer, <laughs> hammer. Yeah, like the whole like, time. <laughs> what's happened to hammer? They're soldiers. And they saw their guy go down, and he won't respond. And they're confused that he may have survived. Yeah, I'm uh, like, y'all are the ones that are there. Why don't you find out what happened to hammer and tell us? I say again, fire. hammer. I say again. Yeah. I say again is to get him on the horn of this movie, by the way. They yeah. say, I say it, I say again. I so. say again, come back. Any of this getting through to you, son? Now, granted, uh, they do. That's take, not radio lingo. <laughs> now, now, granted, they do take out the first, they do take out the first creature, which is a surprise. But there's a, there's a caveat with the first creature which i will say atlantic rim resurrection does handle the one thing a little better than pacific rim uprising the little creatures actually are like play a major part in this one versus what seeming to be an afterthought in their big budgeted counterpart here are the little creatures that spawn from a carcass uh really play a part oh and- the lobster babies. All I thought of <laughs> when that when this part happened, because Paul, you're gonna carry us on in a second. But whenever they, all right, the Armada falls, Hammer's got all the bad gas, which is gonna cue a really <laughs> funny sound effect from me whenever this plays in post. So yeah, it's like I can't breathe. I can't do it, y'all. I got a gas leak. So anyway. They kill the monster, and when and it's like it falls down too, and so they get out. They go to try to get Hammer. Hammer's dead. No, Hammer's gone. So then they have to leave. But as they're leaving, they're like, they leave him there. Yeah, uh, yeah, they leave him, and then you hear <laughs> like that. And I was all I thought of was like, wait a minute. They say when you die, you're supposed to crap your. Oh, no. <laughs> is it well is he dead well i don't know they say when you die you're supposed to crap your and then all of a sudden the monster's ass just explodes with millions of monster spider babies and whatnot the stakes are higher paul yes what's happening because they left hammer what do we have to do now because now we seem to have which goes into like what asylum does best a whole lot of a multitude Changing the movie, <laughs> yeah, changing the movie, yeah. but a multitude of control C, control V, <laughs> little monsters. They yes, do, they do this really well. This is like one of their uh, modus operandi, if you will. So, what are we doing now, Paul? Because the monsters are coming. Yeah, so we're having to deal with a whole bunch of these little little creature things, and I think this is meant to be the whole Godzilla, uh, the the really bad Matthew Broderick. Godzilla, right. uh, where we're going to take the movie and we're going to, instead of, instead of having to deal with one solitary monster, we're going to be uh, uh, having to deal with all these smaller creatures because you will, it'll be a lot harder to take them out. And plus, since we've got some, some family member subplot going on, we, <laughs> we can have them chase those guys too and then have them trapped in a building because that'll raise tension. And not only that, they can do that right before a commercial. And that would be really exciting. It'll keep all the audiences, you know, riveted to their seats because that's forgetting that that this was a TV. I keep sorry to jump on that. I keep forgetting about that. You keep reminding me this is a TV film. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Welcome to the Sanctuary of the Strange At Monsters Madness and Magic.com You shall find interviews, reviews, occult history, and retrospectives on relics of macabre media Films, fiction, comics, music, monsters and madmen all are explored at Monsters, Madness and Magic.com. Podcast available on the website and all major podcasting platforms. And I think that's why they have to keep doing these little cycle, 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 cycle things because huh. a, a normal plot would eventually, they would probably drop off viewership as they went along. <laughs> so they, had to, they have to keep ramping it up. And so it's like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, we have to go now and capture the little creatures and that'll, that'll be the new drive, the new goal for the heroes. It's kind of like that whole video game mentality. You solve one thing, you go to the next mission, and they give you a new objective. So the new objective is to capture one of the little bugs so that they can take out some, some uh, like guts and stuff like that so they can right. figure out some kind of agent that can be used to poison that. And we're going to put it in a flamethrower because nothing kills biological things like a flamethrower. <laughs> As, well, that was that, that was the well, way. Well, I mean, could, that's the truth. Yeah. Well, that's the way they could deliver it, though. It was the only thing that had a pump that could deliver it. Is what I suspect is why they did that. Yeah. True. But did they have to spray it with the fire? Though they could have just sprayed it. Hey, what been... else are you gonna do with a bug, huh? Of course. He permanently lost control of all of his bodily functions. There's no spider here. But I will hunt down the alleged arachnid. And spread some to kingdom come. Huh? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never mind the never mind the little monster subplot uh then <laughs> helps uh give credence to the other subplot oh, that I'm is random. That. I'm getting that. <laughs> Justin's actually gonna lead us to that. So Justin, bugs and daff bugs and badger. <laughs> bugs and daffy. This is gonna be <laughs> awesome. I cannot wait. I'm just gonna start adding Looney Tunes stuff. Duck season! Rabbit season! Rabbit season! Since we could be, might I lament? Where is the Michael Bay camera in this one? There is none. Yeah, it's a different not, movie. Not it's a, a different movie. It. Are you kidding me? Like Atlantic Rim, at least gave me some really cool slow motion and stuff to put help a podcaster out. I mean, for real, <laughs> the slow motion stuff helped so much with the previous episode, and we get no, all we get. I will come. I will have to comment on this because it's about this point. In the film, I don't know if y'all ever noticed I, how I don't know how familiar you people are with J.J. Abrams flicks or stuff. Dude <laughs> loves a lens flare. Dude yeah. will throw a lens <laughs> flare like John Woo will throw a dove in a flick or do bullet time. It J.J. Abrams will do a lens flare like John Woo does a bullet casing. They are everywhere in his flick. This movie had lens flares. I saw more light beams than a Star Wars flick. There was stuff everywhere. The lamp, the little eye reticule piece, every, especially when they go underground. I'm not criticizing it. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It was just a stark contrast because they haven't done it up until this point. And now all of a sudden, we got lens flares everywhere so justin bugs and daffy meanwhile while hammer is down 
Bugs and Daffy are fighting bug monsters, the little bug monsters, and one of them comes up and smashes in the window on Bugs. Right. Would you like to shoot me now or wait till you get home? Shoot him now! Shoot him now! Lead us from there, sir, if you please. Well, it turns out that these bugs now uh, bleed some sort of acid. And of re- course. Yeah, because well, that's that's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> it breaches a uh, bug's cabin and she just pulls out the old sidearm, which I'm assuming that Hammer had had a weapon as well. They're both uh, Marines, I guess, and he which he could have shot out his own window. But we've already passed that problem. Yeah. Hammer's dead now. So. <laughs> R.I.P. Hammer could have shot out your glass. You could have got some air, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So now Bugs has unfortunately uh, got some of the blood on her face, and it's kind of messed her up a little. Right. She takes out the bug. Yeah, Yeah. she takes them out. But that's where she's at now, and I think it's Badger that actually kills the monster. A song chop. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's when the monster explodes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, nice. then the monster explodes, and that's when you switch to Robo Milf uh, still running from all the monsters with uh, John Mean calling. And he, he's even surprised when he calls her because if you hear what he says, he goes, Are you still driving? Because we spent <laughs> a lot of time. She's not driving, but they've, they've not made much, haven't made much progress in the LA uh, traffic. Man. <laughs> yes. They're like the same block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. This is all occurring within the same block. Yeah. He could have just walked in the back alley and grabbed her and his daughter. Be like, here, stay with me. I'll keep you safe. That was my biggest thing. Like, tell him where you are. Because <laughs> y'all yeah. just watch the robot fall down. It's like calling 911. You immediately say your address. You know, you just right. get it out of the open. But if you, if you notice, uh, what I loved was when her phone rang and she answered it, it was making dial noises. So they accidentally <laughs> put in the wrong. <laughs> or did you notice that Sean Bean was using a walkie-talkie like a phone? Right, that's yeah. not a phone. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is a walkie that is not. I have a big note. That's a walkie, not a phone. <laughs> they all did. I mean, they had some high-powered two-way radios, that's for sure, because they were using them like cell phones. It was intense. <laughs> so we have to go back to the base. To reconnoiter, because we have to find some way to kill the other monster. Phase two. Phase two, that's right. Because now we're in phase two. And whenever the guy is like, what's phase two? And then you got this chick. <laughs> she's, I'm, I mean it because I'm a dude next to I mean, she's cute as a button. She's, she's real cute in like not the turbo super, supermodel asylum look. She's like a natural, just a cute chick who looks like she's three foot tall. I swear, I swear she's like a matchstick. I just had to comment on that because she's sitting there staring into space like, what's phase two? And now she's like, I'm phase two. And you're like, what? Wait a minute, what? And yeah, apparently she's like a bioweapons nuclear physicist who can wipe out the planet because the doctor's who like... does all of her work on a Commodore 64. Yes. And now you see why I had to point out her appearance because apparently she is like turbo bacteria god and she just knows how to make weapons and just wipe the people off the planet and she's just like i'm phase two and it's <laughs> okay so now so that's what this movie is now okay cool so now phase two we need a sample of the creature but what happened to all of her animosity toward roth 
What I mean, moment. he's such a cute guy, Paul. What a, oh, what a yeah, piece. that's exactly the reason why I'm going to it, change it. Ruffalo. He got a sweet operating system. You know, <laughs> he's got the musk. Is that? He's is got that the musk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's it's phase two. That's oh, thank you. Okay, that's it's it, Mark. Phase two. It's phase two. We're we're past the past grievances. We're now on to phase two as uh the you know because <laughs> so it's phase two. To, so so she's supposed to go out and seduce him and then no. <laughs> yeah, is, no, no, that's now do you spread your that's, toxins, Paul? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh, I can't wait to use that one. That's gonna be a good one. No, so so now we yeah she's phase two. So now they have to get a sample of the creature so that she can come up with some kind of way to destroy these things. Even though apparently missiles seem to do a pretty good job of it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. But, I'm, I'm not but with to- with a smaller number of them, they'll be dispersed, and it's a lot harder to attack them with a missile. Now, you are correct, Paul. So the time for, you know, blunt force action is done. Now it's time for Russo. Time for Russo, Russo. Get in the car, get in the car. Get it going. That's right. So <laughs> now we have to go and get a sample. So this is what Russo has trained for, and he's ready for this. We have to go out and get a sample. This one kind of <laughs> was, because I don't even like getting notes on this part, was kind of... I feel like they wanted a whole lot more to happen, but not that much happened. They just go and they get a bug. Like the bug chases them, but... Yeah. What I like is the the whole scene where um, they're going out to get the sample and, and we see the um, bugs and badger getting debriefed by the general. And uh, I think it was badger. She said, no, in general, we did everything we could. And he goes, you did? I mean... <laughs> You did. They seemed seemed awfully apologetic. Like a true soldier. I mean, they're going to feel, they're going to take that to heart. You know, that sucks, but man, they seemed awfully apologetic. Like they didn't really know how to do their job. Like they were I think it was more an apology towards Dr. Roth because the whole time (laughs) he was trying to explain to them, your suits will not work without X, Y, Z. Yeah, they are fine. Get them and give them what I want. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> right. Sorry. And apparently, the bugs bite. <laughs> apparently, the bugs bite back. Well, of course they do. But apparently, you can get an infection from the bug because bugs is done. Like, well, both of those characters are done out of the movie. You don't yeah, see you're them right. ever again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, you're right. Bugs and Daffy are out. Like, they lock it up because Russo is pissed. What do you get that malarkey? I'm safe. I said you're out. I'm safe. You're out. Safe. 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 Out. I say you're safe. If you don't like it, you can go to the showers. Okay, then, Doc. Have it your way. I'm safe. Like, he, this is one of his overacting moments. I say overacting because he can shout. You know, he just slowly walks in. He's like, somebody want to tell me what the hell's going on? (laughs) Whoa. Dang, dude, we could drop the gain knob to five for just a minute. We ain't there. Now's not the time, my friend. That time is coming. I can see, I got a prophecy for you, Russo. I can see, (laughs) I can see this kind of character and I can see what you're wanting to do. You've waited your entire career for this moment, but it ain't yet. 
So no, we have to go get a bug sample or whatever. Preferably and so dead. they just go out and get a bug. What's that, Paul? Preferably dead. Preferably <laughs> yeah, dead. Preferably dead. That, that's what we hope. So they go out to get a bug sample and they get it. And we find out that the dude was like, how'd you learn to shoot a gun? He's like, I grew up in New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I mean, and I, I mean, okay, cool. So we got a bug. Russo, I mean, he's quick. The first time he says, all right, on three, one, two, mark. And they pick it up. But then when he says, all right, set it down, set it down. Easy does it, easy does it. On three. Or then he says, on my mark. One, yeah. two, three. Like <laughs> he tells him one thing one time, tells him another thing another time, and he repeats it three or four times whenever they're going to get all right, easy does it, easy does it. Set it down, set it down. It's like he WCC. knows how soldiers do. I mean, apparently he has played <laughs> all the right video games. He he goes to the right gym. He knows exactly what to what is to be done. He should have been in the Terminators. Humanity would have had a much better job if he'd have been around. We had a better chance. That's I, that's all I got to say about Russo. So we get the bug, and now we got to cut it open, Angelique. Yeah, <laughs> you got to do an autopsy. And it's full of marbles. And we're doing an autopsy it's, outside, by the way. My theory is that those were eggs. Oh, okay. Because just. Just like the big, you know, the big kaiju hatched all these lobster babies. You know, these are the tiny crawdads that are inside. <laughs> and I loved it. I like, you know, me and the goopy stuff. I'm, was, I'm all about. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Give us the goopy. What, what about the goop? Because that was real. It was uh, endearing. Let me say it that way. I'm not was. even going to be mean. It was, it was charming and endearing and sincere. I, I actually kind of thought it was clever, yeah. but. Yeah, because Horowitz is now showing, actually, I do know what the fuck I do, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know, she's got her dish gloves on, and she's just rooting around in the carcass, pulling out tubes and eggs and slime and shit. And she's like, boom, I know what to do now. Give me some diatomaceous earth and some raid. We're making some juice. (laughs) (laughs) Russo's about to faint in the background, because, like, it's happening, and he's just... Like you can tell, because at first it's like, man, this smells bad. And then he looks off to the side, like he's had it up to here with their shit again. And then he walks over to talk to Sean Bean for a second. But then the whole time he's like, man, ah, every time she cuts into something, it's like, whoo, mm, like that. And Try lots of good squishy noises. <laughs> I love the squishy noises and the marbles. Mark the guts, man, bug guts. Come on, these special effects had to be kind of cool at least. Oh, the, the practical effects part here where they're doing the surgery and the alien mock-up was awesome with the goo and everything. You know, they they uh, they did well with this part. You know, again, this is some of the stuff that was the positives where they actually improved from the previous one. I mean, you felt like this was, you know, they actually made this. They put some effort into <laughs> into something with the critter, you know, with, with the goo in that uh, and digging around and her giving the scientific explanation while they're out there. Um, and they blow through this pretty quick. Most films, you get some padding where she's going to take samples <laughs> and then you get a montage of her testing shit. Right, we got to have other the chemicals, <laughs> And then someone shaking their head no and then someone throwing their glasses on the table and rubbing their head because <laughs> shit's just not coming together. Cold coffee. Our, 
yeah, until our, you know, 24 hours. Yeah, cold coffee. They're dumping the coffee and they're just, ah, uh, you get that montage. No, in about three minutes, she sits there, cuts the thing open, shoves her hand right up inside there. <laughs> knows around, what it is. Goes around, goes, huh, this is this substance. Oh, this is what I got to do. Okay, we're good. In like Bam. three or four minutes. Done. Flat. I mean, she, she, hey, she is phase two. She is phase two because <laughs> I, I actually loved it because most times you get the padding for, you know, this would be an opportunity. Oh, it's going to take a while or whatnot. No, right. she comes up to her conclusion within like five minutes and they're already coming up with a way to disperse it. And in like seven, not even seven minutes in the outside lab, which was a fold out table and her <laughs> and a knife, <laughs> she, she figured this shit out. And it was awesome. I, I actually liked this scene. I actually liked the way this whole scene played out and quite now, a bit. My favorite plot hook or twist, however you want to look at it, because at this point you get we got like four movies going at one time, oh, or yeah. at least like divergences and stuff. Yeah. Russo doesn't want to hear this. He doesn't believe it. He's I, like I said, this is what this is the third time now that I have to swipe my hand over my head in yeah. homage to Russo because he's done. He's done. I'm done. I'm done. These aren't from Earth, Paul. Yeah. Which, uh, what's funny is like when I was watching this film, I thought they had said that earlier. Like one of the characters had mentioned that they could have been extraterrestrial for some some reason. And so when they brought it up and it was supposed to be a surprise, it, it was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it wasn't much of a surprise. It wasn't much of a surprise. And then, and then the, remember like the original movie, they talked about that, like they hinted that this was supposed to be like an alien versus, versus mm -hmm. us. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're tying it in. But then they threw out the whole petroleum thing because the original <laughs> one had a whole aspect of the reason why it attacked that that oil derrick was because it, it was drawn to the oil beds. And, right. and th like this one had nothing to do with Oh, It's just it's just storing up salt. Right. It was just a the funny thing is this was kind of like, all right, Cloverfield was incredibly Lovecraftian in ways that because I hate bandying that term around, but the, Cloverfield was incredibly Lovecraftian in the fact that basically all Cloverfield was, was Cthulhu's dog got off the chain yeah. and <laughs> ran around in the neighbor's yard. It True. was terrified. It had no idea what it was doing. It was just running around. And then all of a sudden ants get a hold of it, start biting it. And so it gets scared. So what does it do? It starts thrashing around and smashing shit. That's all like, Cloverfield was so Lovecraftian, probably indirectly, <laughs> in that that's all it was. It was just Cthulhu's dog got loose and wreaks havoc until it goes away. That's all. In essence, this movie kind of does it as well. <laughs> but it was just a monster minding his own business until Yacht Club, who pops in like once or twice every now and then just to give us an update as to yep. where the Liquid Lounge is. Larry at the Liquid Lounge. Larry yeah. at the Liquid Lounge. <laughs> Everything was cool until he dropped a death charge on the monster's head. Like, we was all good. And then all of a sudden, he's just minding. He's like, what a man. It's good to be an underwater god. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the mind's like, <laughs> and then he has to climb up and just start wreaking havoc on these creatures that have taken over outside the water. So, yeah, apparently, these are extraterrestrial and Russo. <laughs> His expression again. Russo looks away from the camera. Ah, uh, uh. <laughs> like, I his, love his face. His his direction was be more like the Rock, 
And so he, the, he assumed that he meant the rock from like wrestling days that he would just randomly look off in a direction. <laughs> I, can, I can hear Michael Cole now. Rock, tell me, we've just found out the alien, that they're aliens. They're not from underwater. What do you think about that? Well, I'll tell you what the rock thinks. The rock <laughs> thinks that this is a bunch of hokey baloney. The rock thinks that I'm going to come over there and lay the smack it down on those aliens. No, seriously. It was so f- just like, that was a cool part. I y'all know me. I'm a big kid. It's like, oh, they're aliens. Oh shit! I Angelique heard me do the audible. Oh hell! Whenever we saw the Godzilla movie, the King of the Monsters. Oh, uh, we both uh, were doing that. I never, yeah. I never thought of that. You know, just it just didn't even click with me. I'm just like a kid sitting there and just enjoying it. We got big monsters. This is badass. But then whenever he said, "Well, that just implies that you know King Ghidorah isn't from here," and I was like. Oh no. Oh yeah. Here we go. That was like the highlight. So just the fact that they do this in the movie, I'm sold. So now Paul, we know what we have to do. So what do we have to do? We have to put these little containers and, and, and then uh, power up our, our <coughs> super mechs with this flamethrower. I'm going to, I'm going to keep complaining about that damn flamethrower. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, you you've never had to chase a palmetto bug around your house with a, a can of hairspray. In a I pick. was. Thank you, Angelique, because Paul said they're talking about you know what else you know. Well, we're going to use fire on that. Is apparently Paul down here where the Lord smiles. Mm-hmm. We have bugs as big as Volkswagens. Now, in polite society, we're just we're real neighborly to a fault down here mm-hmm. in the South. It's you know there's just a gentleman's etiquette. And you don't refer to them as what they are, roaches. You, they're uh, water bugs because they're yes. big ass, like huge. And they fly, Paul. Mm-hmm. They have <laughs> like that. It's every and time they I've, fight back. Every time I've heard my mom <laughs> scream, like, you know, because mama doesn't cry. Mama beat my ass, like, without looking. She, just, whap, whap. she used to keep that ping pong paddle in the van. But whenever I hear her, ah! Like that, it's because one of them water bugs jumped at her because they have wings. So yeah, but, Paul, so, you kill it with if fire. You, if if you bring the Orkin man out here, what does he do? He he comes with his little container and goes spritz 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 spritz. spritz. We don't he doesn't need come to in with pay a nobody to kill a Paul. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all pay the Orkin man out there. Well, you pay. God, no wonder y'all can't save money. <laughs> what the hell? No. <laughs> we, Mama, give me my killing brick. That's right. I'm going to step on it. You step on it and they crunch, Paul. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or we just lay out some grits because that wards them there off. There you too. go. But no, so uh, they find out that there's another creature that's coming in. Uh, and course. so Yes. Because so, they have to race. This, that's the next commercial break segment. They right. have to do that again. So now uh, we have two creatures. Yep. And the little bugs. Don't forget about the little bugs. Are which now they're, going... They're, They'll, they'll play a big part because, you know, they become plot armor almost literally. <laughs> Quite, almost, yeah, you they are, right. are literally plot uh, armor. There you go. Yeah, uh, you're right. So now we have the plan. Justin, what happens, though? We need new pilots. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. right. And who's, I mean, 
Who's going to pilot him? Who should Justin. have been the pilot from the beginning is Russo. Russo <laughs> had you. the movie over in 10 minutes. This is his This is his calling. Some people were born for greatness. Okay. Yes. I mean, you just, some people, they were just born for the spotlight. Jesus Christ, Nimrod. Some of these people were just, you know that that's history. Their name was etched in the fabric of time and space and history. George Washington, Napoleon Bonaparte. Russo, Russo, two times. <laughs> He's going to pilot it. I love how they bicker back and forth. It's like, you're not going to pilot it. <laughs> yeah, I am. And it's it like, you're going to stop him. But then he was like, I can't let you do that. Well, I'm not going to let you do it either. Well, we're going to do that. Well, I'm going to do I'm the only one that can do it. My brain's been mad. So anyway, Russo <laughs> and the doctor. Russo doesn't have his brain mapped, then the lag's gonna kill him. But do you think Russo gives a damn? As he's shown at any point in this film that he gives a damn, like lag affects him at all. No, so he's gonna no. pilot it. Roth is gonna pilot it. And the game plan is to do what, Justin? To go uh, administer this uh, <laughs> biological weapon somehow into this. I guess that's the plan. I don't think they know the plan is because I have my favorite quote of the movie written down here is from Dude. General Worthington. He says, which pretty much sums up these two movies, actually. <laughs> this was all so sudden. We were extremely unprepared. I think that's that's pretty much their plan there. And and as they're trying to, uh, the creature ends up morphing into one as they're trying to administer the gas. That's right. So we've got the gas. The creature has, my God, it's become one gigantic monster. And so now we have to go and try to flamethrow this thing but in the meantime we cut real quick to turbo mill 4000 and her daughter trapped in a building with the little bugs with a window that they could have just smashed through but we'll even disregard that so we know where they are so that movie part thank god that they're okay because they never tell us that quite enough what's the point where the guy that looks like sean bean has to take a football size, like he's got the canister and he has to exit the base to get it. Isn't that where he has to, because obviously something's wrong with the weapon so that they have to get more canister to Dr. Roth. There's always a malfunction. It's the the backup because the flamethrower that Paul didn't like uh, malfunctioned. They couldn't actually distribute it, so... Right! So he has to get the canister, the spare one that they didn't take with him. (laughs) He has to bring it from the base, but because my part, I made my little note about it. Whenever it says, all right, I'll get it to him. So you know what they got to do? Run out of the base. He's got that thing tucked like a football. They, I mean, he run headlong out of the doors and the two guards are standing like 50 feet apart. (laughs) <laughs> so he specifically runs to the guy on the side and says, move! And then they run back to the truck. <laughs> he went out of his way to just scream at the guard, like, move! Who didn't move, by the way. He just still stood there at parade rest while uh, the guy had his foot. And then they get in, buckle up, set the canister down, crank the car up. Then they spin off. Back to the city, <laughs> conveniently, this mountain base located in the same location that we've seen everything else happen in these asylum catastrophe films. If anything bad ever happens on Earth, I know where I'm going. I mean, that's and that's just an aside point. So now, hopefully, we're going to coalesce these movies. But unfortunately, we've got to the moment that Russo has been born for, Justin. What happens, man? 
This is when uh, Russo's doing his last hurrah, and he probably unnecessarily sacrifices himself. To, uh... <laughs> probably unnecessarily. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> Probably unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he was in it for the cool points, and I'm gonna give it to him. So give a ding up there, like Russo. He lived up to his his moniker for the whole movie was being the cool guy. So <laughs> I mean, way. it was just a flesh wound. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he, he gets the bug acid on his leg, Angelique. I mean, did it? Was it that bad, or did I miss something, or? I mean, I, I, your guess is as good as mine, honestly. I mean, <laughs> the first was, we, we needed some pathos because, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you're fighting the Admiral's Feast on steroids, anything can happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Man, then with some juicy looking legs. Oh, my God. The monster's <laughs> legs. Russo's were too manly and masculine, except for that one that was all shriveled up and eaten through. So he so, stabs. Wait, what? Wait. So so Russo does this this heroic deed, right? He he slams himself into the monster, and the very next scene that they go to is they go to the mother and the daughter, right. and the daughter goes and asks, "What was that?" Because she hears the explosion, and the mother's response is, "Shh, shh, shh." It's like they didn't treat. <laughs> I know they didn't know, but it's like the movie going and saying, it, "Hey, it didn't give him his moment." Yeah, <laughs> we get the score, the stings. You've got the horns, the building tension, his legs being eaten through. He's fumbling around for the syringe. He's like, right, "I gotta, I gotta do this, but I think I'm gonna do. This. I got an idea." And then Wilcox, whatever the hell, Sean Bean in the truck is like, "I don't like that tone. You use that same tone of voice in Tripoli." <laughs> He's like, I got it. I got a plan. All right, I got a plan. He lines it up. I'm a ramish. I'm gonna take you out. And it's like, no, man, come on. It's not that bad. Of a, really? Are we? I mean, all right, dude. But if you want, okay. And it's he's going for. It. I mean, he shouts up. Oh, the war face. He gives he us the war face. face. We don't even get the bay camera for that. He's just like, ah. And then up, it was like the coyote hitting the ground because that's like you said, Paul. All we see it, we see the explosion, but basically it was just you. Know, <laughs> because then we go to the next scene, and that's what you hear. Ah, it's like, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, just like the movie, we skipped over the scene where the submarine was destroyed. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, yeah. That, I did yeah. want to uh, comment on there was an excellent use of more explosions in this, which I think we covered the uh, the monsters actually killing things and do other than, you know, innocent people in a casino hotel <laughs> <laughs> caused by the main character. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Is your hair spiking uncontrollably? Oh, dude. Do you find yourself wearing head-to-toe Ed Hardy with no explanation? I heard that. Do you feel cold spots all around you where your dude bros should be? Oh my gosh, guys, 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 I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again right now. If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are suffering from a chronic vitamin G deficiency. Oh my, oh my god! But never fear. Your hostess with the ghostess has the cure. 
Join us on Paranormal Schlockdown, where we'll go through every episode of Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Examining the evidence. I just saw something. Keeping track of every Zack rage. I do not feel right up here. But most importantly, we'll see what happens to Aaron. Dude, I swear to God. Guys, I keep hearing something like right over here. We'll raid each episode and learn about all the rad equipment these dude bros use to capture paranormal activity. There will be special guests and lots of surprises for connoisseurs of the creepy. Get locked down with Paranormal Schlockdown. This is how Ghost Adventures crew gets locked down. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. Come with us and stay spooky. So yeah, now we have Dr. Roth is left alone. Of course. And he has to be the hero. Right, he has to be the hero. Mark, what's wrong with this flamethrower? You know there's something wrong. I, I mean, <laughs> I, could, I could just go ahead. You could say, Daniel, what happens to the rest of the movie? Without even watching it, I could tell you something happens. So Mark, what's wrong with the flamethrower? It, it's, it's jammed. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> God, it's it's jammed. The 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 flamethrower is jammed, and you know that because we see the same graphic, like uh, CG <laughs> special effects shot three times as we watch the thing fail. And, but it's the same shot, but it's three different attempts. So <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, they have to they have to recycle. They can't make the they so, can't make uh, you know one special shot with the CGI VFX work for every scene. I mean, no, but we we run into probably the quickest final boss battle <laughs> in the history of boss battles and rescue. Because don't rescue. remember during this whole time, yeah, that other dude has saved his wife and daughter. We never even see it. They're, they're on their way to. Um, yep. Yeah, they're on their way to rescue the mom and daughter. And so the, the doctor goes, okay, I've got an idea. And so he, he, <laughs> it's the idea that I had thought immediately the first time it malfunctioned. I'm like, you're in a big mech. Just shove your hand down its freaking throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, that was like, why are you wasting time trying to shoot it? Just shove your hand down its throat. <laughs> Especially when at one point, one of the robots, guys, I, I think it was Russo, actually had the beast held and restrained to where you could shove your hand down the mouth of the monster. But but we yeah. take that opportunity. That, that would have been a great callback to the first movie. It would have. Yeah. It would have. A nice but, little, you know, rough and tumble, rock and sock and road boss going to give him a Carolina reach around or something. Yeah, <laughs> but they missed that point. But still, the doctor... He shoves his arm down the monster. The monster's got acid, whatever. Bites the arm oh, off. Of course. And immediately starts spewing stuff that they don't really animate at all, but apparently it affects the little creatures as well, but it's not sure because they used like one top-down uh, drone <laughs> shot, yep. and all the creatures are writhing, but they look like the same like they were before when they were idle walking animation. around. <laughs> the, the same idle animation, so you're not sure, wait, are they affected? But the big beastie dies and everything... All within like a minute. Yeah, one it's, minute and it's, it's, it's done. It's like arm down the throat, bites off, boom, spews this green stuff, and we don't even get someone going, he's dispersing it or whatever. So you got to <laughs> kind of piece together, oh, that vomit coming out of the beast's mouth is the actual, the, no. the chemical. Right. And, and then it ends. Over. It, it's. 
to, to, to go, they go get, to the doctor who is yeah. in the same cockpit, but his cockpit apparently was has a has a vent on it. <laughs> yeah, the air was fine in his because the air was was okay in his. She crawls up through the thing, gets him, and then walks out of the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She, she Not goes all that grabbing the fifties um, first aid kit from under the. Yes, right. <laughs> Helps him up, and then they just walk out the door, which they could have done the whole time. In a sense, the film was quite Lovecraftian, and the fact that you get the idea of the insignificance of everything that has happened up to this point, and that there are no real heroes, and there is no meaning to life. It's all just pointless. Because yeah. We're rolling credits, aren't we, Paul? Is there yes. anything else? Because, I mean, <laughs> the robot falls, and then the other one's just like, wham, and then just <laughs> falls flat down on top of him, snot and guts rolling. And then, yeah, all the monsters and the other little miniature alien things are in idle animation. By our DLC. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, EA. You have to, Thank you for purchasing an electronic arts movie. It's in the game. So that's a free advertisement for you, EA. Your families will be billed automatically. <laughs> it's time. Give me some final thoughts, Paul. Like if we missed anything or this movie was a little bit better paced. Oh, yeah. For like the four or five movie lines that we have going, it was almost like a Chinese interstate. Yeah, like five lanes going concurrently in one direction. Give me some final thoughts on this one, Paul. I thought the subplot was not very needed. In fact, it, <laughs> I think it was only there to kind of give some of the actors something to do while the two characters were doing the final battle. Yeah. Um, I thought that this was actually two different stories. I, I wish they wouldn't have called this a sequel because it didn't feel like the first movie. It didn't. Right. Uh, the monsters didn't look like the first movie. It didn't look <laughs> like what it, the box. I mean, you ask us, and you're probably going to ask us that. Does Does this match our the box though but it didn't match the box go ahead we'll, we'll combine it it didn't match the box to you uh the one thing i i really really well there's two things i really liked about this film one was the war face because that was the expression i gave watching this film <laughs> um and, and the second was the little was uh the the good character thing about roth where he essentially blames the bots for the problem that happened because as a programmer, we always blame the, right. the hardware guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's always that. And I thought, hey, hey, that was an actually good character moment. And those are the two things I really liked about this film. Otherwise, it was, yeah, it was. So were you at least entertained? Uh, yes, because this is the formula that is used for entertainment. It's like, oh, hey, you're a Cocker Spaniel. I'm going to give you all these things to keep you going <laughs> look at the hand over here <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. i got you well that's good justin come on man final thoughts give me something about the box art did this thing all right let me ask you did this live up to the box art <laughs> box art wise i'm gonna have to say no because the <laughs> first monster looks like a crab and that's dinosaurish. i don't think we saw anything that kind of looks like those monsters there but as far as delivering on the box art, I'm going to say no, but it's definitely better than the first movie in every single way. But I don't know if I like that. I almost like the douchebag charm of the first movie. And I'm, I like Red. I like him beating up civilians. And I'm like, this is a bit too classy for me. You need to go. You need to tone it down next time. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Don't well, class I mean, it up so much for me. 
were, were you at least entertained? I mean, yeah, I was entertained. I, I mean, I watched it three times. <laughs> Whoa! So, All right, Dad Gums. I mean, overall, you know, movie was cool. I, I'm glad. Yeah. Angelique box art i mean were we ripped off were you ripped Please off don't show me a fucking godzilla and not put it in the movie <laughs> ow all right i should have had you <laughs> on your last all right everybody that was, that's nice great talking to y'all we'll see y'all next year <laughs> but no other than other than lying to me about a godzilla this one was fun it was a lot more fun than the first one and uh they did step up their monster game. I will say that. I liked the the lobster critters. It gave that really great roar when it was chasing um, Milf and, and, yeah. and carry on through the, the Milf city. And carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. What a name. I'm not a mom, obviously. I love it. Milf and carry on. <laughs> Milf. Damn. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, it it was bearable. It was bearable. You know, I, I I watched this one twice. I can see myself watching this one again. Oh, that. Oh, okay. That that's a good one. We we'll deal with that one. Mark, man, come on. The box art. I mean. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the box art in this one doesn't deliver. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, it does not. Because, yeah, you're like, uh, was this a rejected idea uh, for the first film, this box art? You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, so it's like, eh. But overall, they improved, as I mentioned, while a number of things are still brand new broken in this, like the, <laughs> the technology really makes no sense whatsoever, which I'm not looking for a lot, but still, even there, scratching your head going, huh? Um, and, and the fact that, you know, you've got, you could obviously tell they intended these characters to be the original ones. I mean, it's very obvious. Um, I would say if this was by itself, I would uh, it would stand more, but it is still more entertaining than the first one. It its narrative at least goes from point A, point B to point C. Never mind, it gets to point B, sub number one and number two. But still, the overall the main spine of this story is coherent. Unlike the first one, your characters are at least consistent throughout this first one and you don't have random pre celebrations after every monster <laughs> defeat in a bar with some <laughs> kind of major romantic storyline i mean as far as the storytelling goes this one by far is more improved than the first one uh, hands down I, and i w- would watch this one again and i have three times um <laughs> i'd watch this one again more so than the first one just because this one keeps you interested and the pacing is far better than in the first this one just keeps clipping along it whether or not what you're watching really serves a full purpose doesn't matter it it's just going it's like it wants to get to the finish line and it doesn't care what rocks or hurdles are in the way they're just going to smash through it say fuck it i'm just going to (laughs) go i love that attitude too it's endearing see i i completely agree 
like with what everybody said, I have a, a couple of notes, but the most important thing, I'll go ahead and just, yeah, let's do it. Did the box art deliver? No. I <laughs> no. Dude. Now, it doesn't make me as irrationally angry as Hornet did. And uh, it doesn't make me as angry as the Terminators, which is, you know, like Angelique said about the Terminator. I want the movie that was on that movie, you know. Right. And that's this. I want the, it's like Hornet. I want the movie that was in this. But more so, I just I want I want the monsters, man. I mean, I want yeah. the robot the the robots in this thing were cool. The asylum, and it's hard to catch a timeline with these movies. I I guess I ought to go and kind of start piecing together a little timeline, but like a serial killer only of asylum movies I've watched. <laughs> but because they are getting better, the the music on a ten you know a scale of ten, the music was like a thirty five out of ten. The music was exceptional. The sound design was fantastic. The score, we had no out of place banging like we did in the first one. The music was actually good. Even whenever I was like, oh, what? You hear like this goofy little sound, the song playing when the doctor's running at the beginning. It was like, ah, what kind of cheap library is it? And he pulls out his phone. He's like, oh, it was his phone ringing. So, yeah, all of the music cues in this thing were fantastic. Everything from industrial metal, Hans Zimmer, to the James Horner, everything was clicking. It does turn into the usual Asylum formula. And I had never even thought about it, Paul, until you pointed out that this, this was a TV movie. It was made, a sci-fi original. It was made for TV. And so that actually explains a lot because I even made a note. It turns into the usual asylum style, which is you have a bunch of little creatures, control C, control V creatures, usually just standing around in idle animation that they do, that they'll just place randomly either on a city or on that same California mountainside. And then you'll have one group of people are trapped in a building. And then group B has to try to rescue group A from that building. Now we didn't get that this time. So Again, kudos to the asylum for changing things up, but you still get the usual thing, that usual formula. I just had a note that, look, I mean, at this point, we're off and we know we're going to watch this and stuff. I mean, you've got big robots fighting each other, beating the heck out of each other. You've, if, whether five seconds, 15 seconds, you get a lot more of that in this film. The monsters look, especially when it was underwater, rising up at, I was like, whoa. What is this thing? Of course, it didn't look like that in the end. But man, right there at that beginning for that split second when it was rise up out of the water, it's like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be cool. Look, you got big robots fighting. How many films in this genre, not counting the Godzilla, how many films of this style do we actually have? And I mean, and you know what? I'll even lump the Godzilla films. How many good Godzilla films? So, I know that you just think about it. Big robots beating shit out of other giant monsters in a cityscape, blowing stuff up. Unless you look at old Power Rangers episodes, there really aren't that many. None that are good, put it this way. So it's just to, to any snobs out there. It's like, you know, why are you complaining? It's big robots fighting other monsters and stuff. FX wise, I mean, we've already said it's failings and whatnot. I call this thing... Of, I have a note here. I call this, because we're going to see this chart again, I call it a V6 film. For everything good, there is an equal bad. <laughs> <laughs> if we were in Britain, for my friends over there in the island, that's what this movie, 
V for victory. This movie is a V6. For everything good, there's something equally just like, man, come on. I mean, for it, the music good, but, but the, oh, man, the robots look badass. The monsters are just kind of, The gore was really freaking cool, but the monster spit stuff was, ugh. It just, for everything cool, there was just something kind of, Will I watch it again? Probably. I'm a glutton for this stuff. <laughs> I watched it Thursday night. I watched it last night, and then I watched it again this morning just to kind of refresh my memory on the stuff that has happened. I love the character of Russo. I wish he were in something else. Maybe he will be. On the whole, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Box art didn't deliver, so we're going to have to cue this Price is Right and maybe even a passing gas noise or something for the cockpit. But. <laughs> No, that's it for this one. So I'm going to go around really quick. And uh, because of the magic of editing, nobody will ever know that this is actually going to be part of the same episode, but they do now. So anyway, Angelique, if somebody wanted to find you, give us a website to find you. Um, just go to facebook.com slash paranormal schlock down. You'll see me rummaging around over there. Boom. Mark the movie, man. Where could people find you? Specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. <laughs> it's beautiful in its simplicity. Forsaken <laughs> Ferret. Paul, where can I people am, find you? I am part of a group of uh, like-minded uh, reviewers and lovers of movies called The Film Jerks, and you can find us on Facebook in the Facebook groups. Just look for Film Jerks. Cue the crowd noise because you're going to get like cheers and stuff like that. Justin, I don't know why I'm doing jazz hands because I keep seeing myself in the camera. It's like, <laughs> jazz hands. So I just gave Justin like, I'm either rubbing his boobs or I'm doing some really classy jazz hands. So either way, Justin, if somebody wanted to find you, where would they find you? MonstersMadnessMagic.com all day, every day. Boom. And if anybody cared who I was, you could go to either one, any of these other websites and just ask around and you'll either see me or somebody is going to know where to find me. And until then, I am Daniel. This has been the Bottom Rack Mockbuster Summer Kaiju. We just did Atlantic Rim Resurrection. As Angelique so eloquently put it last time, if your resurrection lasts for more than four hours, please see a doctor. But until that time, remember to climb to the top. Sometimes you got to reach for the bottom. Next time on the Bottom Rack. Monster Island with some 3D looking text. And man, we got some hellacious box art. There's a lot of promises being made here. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It, it's not in the movie anyway. It's so not it in the movie. But, <laughs> but that it, it just, it's kind of weird looking. Uh, the the monster above that looks like he's from a and d type thing. So you kind of like, oh, is this kind of like a fantasy film? It's a mess. I mean, the, the title, yeah, is great. But I can't quite make hide nor hair outside of the winged thing in the back. But the heavyweight championship has begun. That's promising me going, okay, so we're going to have a whole lot of monsters fighting each other in this movie. What draws me to this film is Eric Roberts. <laughs> but if, I, if I were to go through like Walmart or something like that and saw this on the shelf, no. Eric Roberts, oh, maybe. I'll pick it up. I'll turn it over. <laughs> hey, it sounds like he's got a major part in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Done! Boom. <laughs> <laughs>
Done. <laughs> Woo. All right. Give me a second. Like that. And I was, all I thought of was like, wait a minute. They say when you die, you're supposed to crap your. Ah. 